Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to our podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars, or you can email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. Please do. We love hearing from you. Yes, we love hearing from you guys. Before we talk about all the royal things, we wanted to take a minute to acknowledge everything going on in the U.S. right now. It's devastating, it's eye-opening, and it's shining a light on injustices that have occurred in this country for centuries. As your host of Royally Obsessed, we always strive to provide a welcome escape, I guess you'd call it, through our coverage of the royals, but we can't ignore the systemic racism and injustice that has plagued this country and the Black community for centuries. It's especially impacted one person we talk about a lot on this show, Meghan Markle, who left her senior royal status behind because of the merciless badgering, but also just overt racism cast her way by the British press. She reminded us this week via her virtual commencement address to Immaculate Heart High School, her alma mater, that we cannot stay silent on these matters. The change that we want to see and that is so desperately needed starts from within all of us. And so we pledge to listen and learn from you, our audience. We just want to say, please reach out to us via our podcast email or via DM about what we can do to be better. We also want to make a commitment to you guys that as conversations about race come up on our various platforms, be it Royally Obsessed, the Facebook group, or on Instagram, our stance on racist hate speech is clear. It won't be tolerated. Change has to start somewhere. Roberta and I have talked a lot about this, and this is our commitment to you that we are a part of that absolutely imperative effort. Um, we've also both personally made donations on behalf of causes like the Equal Justice Initiative and Black Lives Matter, which Harry and Meghan are now involving themselves in, Black Lives Matter specifically. Um, and because our row rows are amazing, we encourage you all to do the same. We are both looking forward to continuing to have an open dialogue on this topic going forward. Well said, Rachel. Well said. So we have so much coming up on this week's episode of The Royal Pod. We're discussing Megan's virtual commencement speech, like we just mentioned, to the Immaculate Heart High School, where she spoke out about George Floyd's killing, among others. We're also doing a deeper dive into the Tatler piece on Kate Middleton, which, as you'll recall, was my low from the last episode. And we're talking about Harry and Megan's recent security concerns, the Queen's mini-trooping the color celebration, all that, and so much more coming up. Gosh, we have a lot this episode. A lot. <laughs> I mean, we say that every time, Roberta, but we do. <laughs> In our royal refreshment this week. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Cheers. This is a bay. Cheers. <laughs> We're drinking rosé. You have yours in such a pretty glass. Well, thank 
you. It's like a little, it's um, uh, my grandfather's glass I just found. We don't have actual wine glasses here, which is um, crazy, but I've been making, obviously, anything works. I don't need an official wine glass. Of course. Um, <laughs> any vessel of any Any kind. vessel. <laughs> Bring the rosé to my lips. But um, right. it it honestly has been the easiest beverage, I think, so far of our tenure on the show. It's just like- It definitely has. I feel like you just put it, throw it in the fridge. I even had it. a twist off top for my bottle, so- <laughs> Amazing. Do you remember what kind it was? Do you oh, have the brand? No. I think it was like um oh my gosh, like Angel is what is it? It's like something. I oh can, yeah. What is that called? Whispering Angels? Angel or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not bad. Okay, I've heard Not of bad. that. I have Flora Springs, which is pretty good. It's um but I read something that's like the dark well, first of all, I have so much ice in mine. I mean, like, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's packed with <laughs> with ice because it's hot and it's Florida. Um, but the, the darker color of the rosé means it's more sweet. Have you noticed that? I mean, mine is much lighter, so I, it makes sense that mine is dry. Yeah. Yeah, that would make it's sense, good, though. Me. All right, well, cheers. I feel like we, we're, <laughs> we're like <laughs> downing huge and we're taking like, six, of this. six sips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, only, it's only Tuesday for us over here. Um, but while we're sipping, we wanted to share a super lovely email we received from Amanda. It starts off, Roby and Roberta, row and row, which <laughs> made me laugh <laughs> only because we totally love you, Amanda. Um, but I think it would be raw and row, right? Raw and row? It'd be Rachel and Roberta. So, but we could. That's my fault because that's confusing. I have my Instagram name as Robbie Frito, yeah. even though I go by Roberta. So that's, that's no, I still, I it was still my love fault. it. Can I like adopt? I want to be just Robbie so we can have the. Well, ro- I think it's Ro Robbie's. Wait. <laughs> We're just confused. Amanda's note is so, so, so sweet. sweet. All right, I'm going to read it. Um, First, how fitting is it that your names literally make up the nickname for the Royally Obsessed fans? We will give you that. Anyway, California transplant to the deep south here and loving your East Coast take on all things British. Fun fact, both of my pregnancies have aligned with the Duchess pregnancy. My first son, Parker, was born a few months before Prince George in 2013. And my second son, Finn, was born just a couple weeks before Archie last year. So I got to share being pregnant with both Kate and Megan. Attached is a selfie of Parker and me in front of Kensington Palace in 2017 before we toured the inside. I'm teaching the love for the monarchy young. Keep up the great work, ladies. Smiles, Amanda. The photo is adorable. Another Finn. (laughs) Yeah, Finn, my my son's name. I... Amanda, I love the name Finn. Well, well chosen. <laughs> but that photo that you sent us is absolutely so adorable. Cute. And I feel like the obsession does rub off. I mean, I've said before that my mom swears that I'm obsessed with the royals because she religiously watched Princess Diana when she was pregnant with William. They were at, She was pregnant with me. So I feel like it does work. Just take them to Kensington Palace, <laughs> do all the travel, read them start all the books. Them young, <laughs> yeah, start them young, before they were born. I also just realized, Bowie, we could do Robos because Bowie and oh, Roberta. Oh, that's so Or Robbie fun. and Bowie. Robos. Robos. Or Bo Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta, I... I love where your head is at. We're going to like have a whole brainstorm after this. We'll think on this more. Amanda, thank you so much for writing in. That was was a great letter. And now for This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. First, we have to give a royal shout out to Prince Philip. The Duke of Edinburgh turns the big 99 this week. 99, Roberta. I believe. He's almost 100. I mean, that is centenarian. Amazing. I mean, both him and the queen, it's just, but it's, I mean, 99. Happy birthday, Prince Philip. Happy birthday, Prince Philip. So he's, you know, pretty shy about his birthday, but he was born June 10th, 1921 at Villa Monrepos in Corfu, Greece. 
Prince Charles opened up last week to Sky News about not seeing his father on his birthday, which is sad because yeah. they're all, you know, social distancing still, and said that while they've been doing FaceTime, it's been terribly sad and that he, quote, really wants to give people a hug. Oh, I know. I mean, it definitely uh, is hard. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, it's like we're mi- we're all missing a lot of each other's birthdays, but like when your dad is turning 99, that has to be really I mean, you want to be, be there. So yeah. Right. And they have probably haven't seen each other for so long, too. Mm-hmm. So and Prince Charles had coronavirus. Yeah. So I think that, that was probably really hard, too, to not see his family after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, yeah, the Daily Mail reported that Prince Philip will celebrate by having lunch with the queen. He's super low key about his birthday. We know this. Um, at one year when he was at the Buckingham garden party it happened to coincide with his 93rd birthday the ushers advised well wishers not to mention his birthday to him and makes me laugh so much (laughs) (laughs) one woman tried to actually give him a birthday gift and he refused he said he didn't want to lug it around the garden i feel like that's a very like diplomatic (laughs) response like i don't feel like lugging it around the garden but he really just doesn't like anyone mentioning it or making a fuss that's super he's super low-key about it he's just i feel like very um low-key about his all of his accomplishments too yeah in general he's just um you know kind of it seems like he is very well liked by the palace staff but he's just um yeah doesn't doesn't make it a big deal doesn't i hope at the very least they're uh you know camilla's getting the house party app going and they're playing some virtual games or something (laughs) yes yes (laughs) hopefully Hopefully she's you know making them all dial in together and celebrating and there may be a chance we see them this weekend yes which is so exciting so lots of royal news to dig into um but first and foremost i mean okay queen elizabeth has a lot going on considering she's in lockdown i feel like there's a lot of news to share so first roberta you called it um at age 94 (laughs) queen elizabeth was spotted spending lockdown riding horses at windsor castle so i mean we talked about her birthday when um back in april and we were like what do you think she's doing to spend the time in lockdown and and you you said exactly this maybe riding horses riding horses well she i just feel like that's her passion and like that is like her favorite thing in life is horses and so i think that like even at 94, like that is what she wants to do. That's how she wants to spend her time. Yeah. I don't think that's going to stop. And, you know, as long as they're taking the right safety precautions and everything, like she's going to keep riding those horses. Exactly. But let's talk about the safety because so the pictures that were released on Instagram um, by the queen um, were showed Her Majesty riding horseback, but without a helmet. <laughs> she did look very chic in her she green had this jacket cute and cute little pink scarf on. Yeah. On her head. I mean, and and she can do what she wants. I mean, she's the Queen of England, but I feel like I wish that, I mean, COVID aside, I would love for her to wear a helmet, but you know, I'm sure that, so she was wearing, um, she was riding Balmoral Fern, which is a 14 year old fell pony. I mean, I'm sure they're super familiar with the, um, you know, or the pony or horses that she's choosing to ride. So, I mean, I trust that people are taking the right precautions. Right, but like, just put a helmet on her. Yeah. I feel like. Come on, guys! Like, Come on. just put a helmet on. Her. Just put a helmet on. Exactly. She looked so happy, though. I have to say, she had like a little smile on her face, and like she, that's like I said before, she just that's who she is. That's what she loves. I know, and She's it is. Doing it. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like when you think about a lot of the sports, like I, I play tennis, and I feel like tennis isn't that bad of a sport for social distancing, but like horseback riding is ideal. I mean, it's just you on the horse. You need someone, yeah. obviously, if you're 94 to help you get on the horse or anybody needs help getting on a horse. But um, but I feel like it's a great, great idea. So I'm yeah. glad that she's getting out and getting some fresh air and everything. But that's not all. It's 
like we said, there's so much going on with the queen. But June 2nd marked the 67th anniversary of her coronation, which took place on June 2nd, 1953 at Westminster Abbey. We're going to play a quick, uh, quick clip from that time. I here present unto you Queen Elizabeth, your undoubted queen. Wherefore, all you who are come this day to do your homage and service, are you willing to do the same? And reminder, she was only 27 years old when she became queen, and the eight-hour-long ceremony was watched by 27 million people in the UK alone. Wild. Unbelievable. I mean, it's funny that the numbers actually line up with her age. I didn't notice that until now, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, wow. so, yeah, during the ceremony, the queen took the coronation oath and was anointed, blessed, and consecrated by the archbishop. Afterwards, she received the orb and scepter. St. Edward's crown was placed on her head. And I love this fun fact. So the royal family shared all about this last week um, on their Instagram story. Um, one of the things that I didn't know about the coronation is that Prince Charles was invited personally. Um, they made an invitation for him that was hand Hand painted with storybook like illustrations of the Queen's guards, a lion, and a unicorn, and invited Prince Charles to the coronation. His I think mom's that's, coronation. I, lo- I loved that photo, and I think it's such a cool mom move. Like that Queen Elizabeth would be that thoughtful and kind of make sure that, like, because you need a way to get, you know, your kids who are probably, you know, not totally aware of what's going on at that age um, right. excited about it. I thought it was so sweet and. And total, totally child friendly. It's like your mom is doing this cool thing, and you you probably want to be there for the history books. Uh, so we're I'll gonna just like, like oh, they yeah. talk about it. We're gonna frame it in a way that you totally understand it. So here's your um, your invitation that's illustrated. I think that that's brilliant. Another fun fact that was really cool I read um, among the many foreign journalists that were there was Jacqueline Bouvier, which we will we know as the first lady of the U.S., Jackie Kennedy later on, um, wow. who was working for the Washington Times Herald at the time. So obviously before she married JFK. But yeah, she was there covering it. Wow. So I thought that was really cool. Wow. I mean, yeah, the queen has so much to celebrate. It's a banner month for her um, because also, I mean, it's so basically, you know, the queen's birthday was in April, but that's her official birthday. And she typically celebrates in her summer ceremony, the second Saturday of June with Trooping the Color. And we, everyone, we were told that was canceled. It is canceled. We won't see the balcony appearance, but we just also got word um, that she will be appearing at a small brief military ceremony at Windsor Castle to mark her birthday. Um, this is awesome news. We might so get it. So exciting. We should get a glimpse of the queen because from everything we've read, it will air on the BBC. Um, there won't be anyone at the actual ceremony because of social distancing and COVID and all of, the, all of those precautions. But um, it, there's definitely going to be something to mark the occasion at Windsor Castle. Yeah, it's like a mini Trooping the Color at home. It's like if I can't have Trooping the Color in London, bring the ceremony to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because when you're the queen, you can say that. And you that's can make what that happened. call. It actually yeah. made me laugh, Roberta, because it said like there will be, we might, well, you know, I think the understanding is we might get new images and videos of the monarch. But so Chris Jackson, are you getting to go? I just want to know. <gasps> I hope oh so. I feel gosh. like he covers Did he run. know about this when he was on the show and didn't tell? Oh, I know, Chris, we have a lot of questions still. Um, but I feel like it's very, uh, very exciting. I will. It's so it's taking place on Saturday, June. June 13th. Um, and we don't, you know, other than the fact we know that a few members of the Welsh Guard will, will be marching and waving their flag, aka Trooping the Color, and there'll be a royal salute. We don't know who will be in attendance. Tro- uh, like, there's no information about that other than that the Queen will be there. 
Right. So like it's not expected that family will go because they are still social distancing. But Sophie and Edward um, of Count Countess of Earl of Wessex and Countess of Wessex, sorry, um, live 10 miles away from Windsor at Bagshot Park. So they're pretty close. And Sophie's also, been out kind of a bit, I feel like. So I feel like there's yeah, a good chance that she's she been would. been volunteering a lot. Know. So maybe she, yeah. And then also um, Prince Andrew, Duke of York, lives super close. Um, he lives in Windsor Great Park, but I do not think he will be pictured there. I feel like this week has been particularly, I mean, it just continues. All the Jeffrey Epstein stuff continues to crop up in the news in particular this week. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The Department of Justice has formally requested, basically subpoenaed Prince Andrew to answer additional questions about his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, the Department of Justice in the U.S. So that's still unfolding. What's going to happen there if he'll be um, coming over here? But um, but yeah. So I don't I doubt they would want a photo op there. I didn't know that they could demand someone from the royal family like answer questions. I was reading. I think it's a pretty murky thing. Thing. I, and and actually, the prince's side, um, Prince Andrew's side, commented and said that they've already offered his availability to do interviews. There's a lot of like diplomacy going on because obviously we have a relationship and all that stuff. But um, but so I think it's in flux what actually will happen. But he has been formally subpoenaed according to multiple reports. So I doubt he'll be there. But hopefully, I mean, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if like William and Kate like could social distance and be there and get new pictures of them? Yeah. Yeah. Although we've seen them so much. It's kind of crazy. Like we've seen and heard from them more than ever. So I think that that's, you know, the interesting aspect of this is that like, I feel like I know them better obviously I don't know them at all but like I do do. feel like hearing their voice all the time like I yeah I just feel like we didn't get that with all the the engagements that they had before yeah we hear from them so 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 much and um but yeah but I I also I mean the queen is just duty above all else and I even think the horse riding photo is like it's just another sort of act of, you know, they released it for a reason. It's like you're seeing the queen out and about. Um, she's still strong as ever. And I love that about her. Yes, definitely. Um, so moving on. So we mentioned this up front at the episode, but we wanted to talk in length about it. So Meghan Markle addresses the death of George Floyd in her commencement speech to Immaculate Heart High School. Um, she gave a really heartfelt speech and we are going to play a clip. What is happening in our country and in our state and in our hometown of LA has been absolutely devastating. Um, And I wasn't sure what I could say to you. I wanted to say the right thing and I was really nervous that I, I wouldn't or that it would get picked apart and I realized the only wrong thing to say is to say nothing because George Floyd's life mattered, and Breonna Taylor's life mattered, and Philando Castile's life mattered, and Tamir Rice's life mattered, and so did so many other people whose names we know and whose names we do not know. So a little background about that. Um, Sussex team allowed Essence magazine, which celebrates Black women and voices, to break the story. It's interesting to see if this sets a precedent for how their news is released. Like, are they releasing it to certain outlets? They definitely, when they broke away from the royal family, made a point to say, like, we want to highlight diverse voices that aren't your typical, um, you know, the royal rota or whatever. So I think that they, this is a prime example of what they meant by that and that they're kind of fulfilling that with this. Um, 
she mentions in that clip the only wrong thing to say is to say nothing and she talks about she was worried um about her statement being picked apart i feel like to me that was one of the most poignant and heartbreaking parts because i think you know it's really sad on so many levels that she a black woman living in america is afraid to say anything and that kind of Mm -hmm. you know goes back to the way she was treated by the tabloids in the uk um we mentioned this before. I think it's yeah. everything is taken out of context, especially with her. I think that it's like they they slice and dice and they make. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand her saying it, but it, it really is very um, heartbreaking to hear that at the outside of the totally. video that she was unsure about saying anything. For yeah. That and reason. I think when I think picked apart, I think um, of tabloid coverage specifically like they, you know, the headlines are meant to be clicky for a reason and they kind of either misconstrue or blow it out of proportion um or are overt overtly racist which i I mean which is unbelievable yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so um she also talks about being 11 years old and she experienced the la riots and looting and how the memory of that time has stuck with her through her whole life um she says to the graduating class, she says, I know you know that Black Lives Matter and we need you. So she's definitely addressing them specifically and saying, you know, you are the next generation of leaders and we'll look to you for your guidance and um, you have the ability to make real impactful change. Um, And we also found out that her and Prince Harry have been doing more work behind the scenes um, with community leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so Omid, of course, has the scoop, as he always does with these things. Um, In Harper's Bazaar, he said, both Meghan and Harry have been quietly having meetings behind the scenes with people on all levels to make sure they are educated and connected to the issues of police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement. Another source revealed to Harper's that Harry and Meghan have been having private conversations with community leaders and people at every level to ensure they understand current events by speaking to as many people and organizations as possible. It's been a way for them to feel connected to everything that's going on and learn more about the issues surrounding it. So it sounds like they're doing a lot. I don't know if we'll, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a cause that they like champion personally and make it more like, you know, part of like almost like a patronage. Um, I hope so. I hope they continue their work. Yeah. And I feel like it really inspires people to see them working towards it. Totally. And I still I mean, I feel like we saw this before where, you know, the accidental screenshot that was shared of their of their work um, with the shout. It was shout. Right. I'm. I'm just oh, the crisis. Text line. Talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crisis yep. text line. Crisis text line. I feel like um, Harry and Meghan just I really applaud that they do so much behind the scenes. Obviously, this isn't a cause to stay silent on. And Meghan made that clear. But I think that um, they really are digging their hands in doing the work. Um, it's it's not about them. And I, I think that that is particularly admirable. You know, they really want to use their um, status and voice and platform for good. And I think that they can actually do a lot when it comes to Black Lives Matter. I think that because of that platform. Totally. And it's important to know that they're doing the work behind the scenes because they're educating themselves and getting up to speed on everything. I think, you know, before they – that. Before Meghan Markle kind of released this commencement speech, there was a it was almost like a vacuum. Like, when are they going to say something? Like, we need to hear from them. We need to hear from them. And I think they're taking their time and they're really digging in to what um, they want to do to champion this. And I think that 
we're going to see a lot more from them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I look forward to that. Also, we have to mention William, Kate, Megan, and Harry's mental health charity Heads Together also issued a statement and participated in Blackout Tuesday. Um, the Queen's Commonwealth Trust and the Diana Award have also issued statements. Megan, though, is the only royal to address this movement personally. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I found that slightly disappointing that we didn't see any comment on it from the official Instagram accounts. I don't know how you felt. I just I was disappointed. I feel like sure. I kept I kind like, of checking. And I think yeah. that, it, you know, marches were happening and protests were happening everywhere. It wasn't just a U.S. movement. It was an international movement. So I feel like it would have been nice to hear from the queen or hear from um, Kate and William on the matter. But I do think that they did it via like heads together, as you said, and other ways. And, and um and I love that Megan, like we talked about before with going through Essence, but they, you know, they don't have their in- their Instagram anymore and they don't have Archwell set up or in motion. So it's cool that they are being how they are disseminating news and doing it their way. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think like for me, it's it's I still feel like I'm waiting to hear from Prince William and Kate Middleton and the Queen. And I think you know, maybe that's fruitless to kind of continue to hold my breath for that. And I am disappointed because it's like a lot of people said, well, you know, in the U.S. it's a political issue. It's not a political issue. Mm -hmm. It's affecting the entire world. It is a human issue and one that every single person on earth needs to address. And so I think that that their silence is a little deafening Mm -hmm. and and it really – yeah, it's a little disheartening, I guess. More than a little. Maybe we can give the queen the benefit of the doubt and say, because I don't think with COVID she spoke out immediately. So maybe we will hear, as you said. Like, it might be something where she makes a statement. I'm obviously, That's who true. knows? But but I feel like, you know, we we still obviously are hopeful that we will hear more from them. And and I do think that they champion these, co- you know, talk about a, a lot of this in other ways. But we just, yeah, I think it would have been nice in the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, we need to mention last week that Prince Harry, two of his passion projects merged. So um, the Endeavor Fund Awards, which was is now part of the Invictus Games, it was formerly under the Royal Foundation's purview. Um, as you'll remember, the Royal Foundation was William, Harry, and Kate's philanthropic arm. Um, Megan joined when she married Harry, but then they both stepped out shortly before announcing their exit from the royal family. So That's kind of nice and exciting that he can now have the Endeavor Fund Awards under Invictus. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, do you think we'll see more of these charities kind of condense and refocus? Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine, like, as they get Archwell up and running, like, I totally believe that COVID is their, like, you know, behind the scenes time to get everything, all their ducks in a row. And I can't imagine, like, the re sort of calibrating reorganization that's going on for Harry and Meghan and and figuring all that out. Like you said, they might, I mean, Archwell might just be one aspect. We might see other, you know, a possible website, a goop-like like website, as um, yeah. Micah Mike Meyer said when she came on the show. Um, I feel like they just have to be like slicing and dicing so many things. So this is probably the, the first. behind the scenes. Yeah, the behind the scenes work on just the organization of their orgs yeah. is crazy and probably takes, you know, a village to kind yeah. of figure out what are they going to keep as, you know, non-royals? What are, what's the Royal Foundation going to be in charge of, which is William and Kate? Like, what is going to stay? What's going to go? I think that that's, and that's probably why they have this year of review to kind yeah, of. to sort um, all these things out. Exactly. There's so many questions, like, they wouldn't have been able to sort it out in just that one or two months that they had to kind yeah. of. Yeah, but I'm excited. Wait for the moment when, like, 
at Archwell. I'm still convinced that'll be the handle and that's the blue square on that account. But I feel oh like gosh, I, I haven't for, checked in in a while. I haven't the either. Instagram, I need to go Ooh. back on and look. And but just see. wait for that to launch, Roberta. We'll just be like, oh, <laughs> I can't wait for them to have notifications their own. immediately yeah. on for every post, every story. <laughs> every post. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think that they are really kind of getting everything set up and they already have quite an amazing team that they've been building one by one. So, yes, yes. Okay. We have to talk about the Tatler story. We have Roberta and I, if you could see our text chain, our Slack messages, our just phone calls, not even, you know, video calls. We've just talked about this a lot and we are excited to kind of unpack it a How bit here. How many times have you read it? So I think I've read it nine times now. <laughs> I think I've read it like five. So that's that's impressive that you've almost read it twice. I know. I feel I am times. actually like conflicted about the traffic I'm giving it unintentionally. But I just I, I feel like I keep like reading it different ways. Um, but so we wanted to bring it up. Cat, as you guys recall, Catherine the Great. We lightly talked about it two weeks ago via Roberta's Low. But there are some updates, and namely that the biggest one is that Kate and William are taking legal action against the publication and are demanding that the piece be removed be removed from the internet at once. Um, We talked about how Kensington Palace has released a rare statement condemning the piece for its swath of inaccuracies and false misrepresentations. Um, The piece does chart Kate's ascent to the throne, but it's also full of jabs about the Sussexes and a description of Kate as savior of the monarchy. But it also, I mean, this is my take, I'm like inferring here, but it kind of makes her out to be a manipulative puppeteer behind the scenes a little bit. Um, The statement that the Cambridges likely have the most issue with is the assertion that Kate is furious about her larger workload since Harry and Meghan's departure. The quote, which comes from an anonymous royal friend, says, of course, Kate's smiling and dressing appropriately, but she doesn't want this. She feels exhausted and trapped. She's working as hard as a top CEO who has to be wheeled out all the time without the benefits and boundaries of plenty of holidays. This is awful. Yeah. That quote, and I think that's what Kensington Palace probably has the most Yeah problem with is that like painting her as someone who is like dreading all of the like wonderful work that they're doing it's just like undermines everything that they've worked so hard for you know what I mean like it's just like oh she has to be wheeled out like that just yeah it's a pretty cutting quote and the other things that I mean these are royal insiders that are all speaking they I don't think that their their lawsuit didn't specifically say which claims they just asked that it be taken down but other royal insiders are saying the comments about her weight the piece calls her perilously thin um royal insiders have said that that is a sexist and uncalled for jab. Um, but for the record, the editor-in-chief of Tatler, who happens to be a friend of Kate's from her St. Andrew's days, stands behind the piece and the author who wrote it. And supposedly he went to their wedding. Yeah, I did see that. And their private reception, not just their wedding. So that's like, I think that they are definitely, I mean, we want to talk, I think, first. The first thing to dig into is also like t- in connection with the editor-in-chief, you know, Tatler isn't exactly a tabloid. I mean, it's a society Bible for the rich and famous. It's 119 years old and the Royals supposedly really, really read it. Yeah. I mean, it's a glossy. It's not like what you see in the checkout line of, um, of Condé Nast. I think that produces it. Condé Nast does. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is like, it's upscale. Like it's, it's not like us weekly. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's glossy. It's like, it's high society. It's, it's, um, I would I would compare it more to like because I've bought issues of Tyler before when I went overseas and like I think it's like a Vogue or a Harper's. So yeah. it's really I love I, mean, I have to say because I went to the website so frequently for this, I love that its tagline is the original social media. That's kind of clever, right? 
I don't know. Sorry, it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. But um, but we also wanted to mention that, you know, Anna Pasternak, who's the author of the piece, her background is that she's the author of Princess in Love, which is the book that came out in 1995 about Princess Diana's alleged and later confirmed affair with James Hewitt, um, she, which she said when that came out. It, I think it was about a, two years before Diana revealed it herself and confirmed that it was a true – it was true that she had the affair. Um but Anna has said that it ruined her life, actually, that um, the book ruined the book, Anna's life. Yeah. It really was like a hard thing for her to recover from because of the backlash, because people didn't want to believe oh. it. So I'm not saying that that is anything to do with this, but it's just interesting to know her history. I think it's worth worth bringing up. So what's your take? I want to like let's I'm going to have a sip of wine. Yeah. Let's let's talk. Yeah. About <laughs> so my first impression upon reading this was ouch, um, since, you know, throughout the piece, Kate Middleton is called bland she's painted as this boring person who comes from a very middle class background who like her you know highest achievement in life is that she gets to be you know queen one day and i think after reading it a couple times um my second thought is i was gonna say five times (laughs) yeah seriously if the worst thing someone can say about you is that you have a genuine stoicism and that your enigmatic containment will enhance your sovereignty and that you're the savior of the royal family then you're doing okay like i think kensington palace needs to calm down that to me it is infuriating that they are putting their foot down about this particular article but buckingham palace never once put their foot down about megan's horrid press yeah. treatment and all, how all the tabloids painted you know either overtly racist headlines and and stories but also that they just never once stood up for her about the letter from her dad and all or letter to her dad and all these things so i think that to me just goes to show like and i think it does have something to do with the hierarchy probably and because william is going to be king and i think but still, that's but, no and you, excuse. You did have an interesting take there, which I feel like is, again, a benefit of the doubt thing that we talked about um, offline was just that um, that maybe this is them turning a corner on that. I mean, it is from Kensington Palace, not Buckingham Palace, but I feel like that maybe the royals have learned from their past mistakes on that. But I think that's a major, you know, <laughs> benefit yeah, of the I doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think that if if that is and like if we're thinking about Kensington Palace with the best intentions um and the benefit of the doubt it's that they may have realized that not standing up against some of these reports is um will actually alienate people from the royal family and mm-hmm. like it will ca- like Meghan and Harry left because i think there were a lot of reasons probably but you know one of the reasons was that the treatment from the press was it, and they no never one would defend them. a statement yeah. like this yeah so i think that's our what was your take on this so my take on the piece i feel like is is definitely in line with yours but i do feel like one thing that really stood out to me is like in my nine readings of it is that i felt like i think in the beginning i thought it was just like the ultimate takedown of kate but i think now it's just much more of a subtle one it like it really paints her as an, it asks is she the ultimate power player and it sets out to chronicle that and talk about i mean these were the sort of accolades where it talks about her having an impressive and queen-like backbone that enables her to flawlessly do the job at hand i don't think of it personally because of my love of the queen i don't find it negative to be compared to the queen i think that that's kind of a huge compliment but um i think that her narrative the underlying like read between the lines narrative is like it says at the end under is underestimate queen Catherine at your peril. And I think that it 
comes across, it makes it sound like Kate is really quite calculating and that you'll never really know her truly, That, um, but that's the secret to her success. Like a bad thing that you're calculating. Like, I almost feel like that's to her credit. Yeah, I feel like it makes her sound like she's, like, manipulative, though. Like, that she's, like, the, you know, the puppeteer, like, telling William how to sound and, you know, kind of, it's like she's kind of pulling the strings so that they come off with this image, but it's, but we don't really know who she is. And then they compare her, they say, they, which I think this is really mean, is I think, I don't like the comments about her weight. I also don't like that they call her no Diana, but the the reference to Diana is like, they they talk about with Diana, it was, you know, what you see is what she get, what you get. She didn't kind of go to great lengths to hide who she was and she was out I think the off, you know the off the cuff moments with Diana are kind of what made her so beloved um and I felt like the piece kind of was like it with Kate you know have your guard up because she's got a plan and I I think that that aspect of it I do think it was kind of this like underlying very subtle as I said part of it but I it might not be a bad thing I think it's how you take it but I just feel like that sounds like she's not um She's not as sincere or genuine or something like that. Or warm. Or warm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that aspect of it. Um, But I also think it's worth mentioning that, you know, the article doesn't make Harry and Meghan look great either. I feel like it's like it kind of makes them sound like it was a huge nuisance that Kate had to deal with and it was something she couldn't control and that was so annoying. So that part is kind of suspect to me as well. But um, but yeah, I mean – it's definitely a huge piece of press. We don't get to have these kind of great big reads on, you know, the life of Kate Middleton. And I, you know, was really looking forward to to diving in. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of unfolds with the with their lawsuit if it gets thrown out or what kind of happens. Yeah. I mean, and there's also this um, perspective from Lainey Gossip that says um, this was a, kind of one of those friend tell all pieces that kind of went went wrong um we saw that with that's kind of a common tactic with the royals so we saw that with fascinating and the people magazine piece which we don't know if she sanctioned or not um but then there was also one with diana right yeah diana has used it to her you know and it's i think it's that they're not allowed to overtly do these interviews and it's actually pretty hard i'm rereading the andrew morton biography right now um on princess die yes must read please everyone if you if you've already read it reread it because it's really good and i think just with the current um you know the younger royals it's interesting to kind of go back in time a little bit um but i think yeah i mean the tell the royal insider tactic as the interview source is just a long, long time practice. Yeah. And so was that what um, Anna Pasternak was doing with this piece? Was it like she gathered a bunch of Kate's friends, they were going to paint a rosy picture of her, that picture ended up not being so rosy because I think people are like, she has her guard up all the time and she's not easy to read. And I think that... That's not the worst thing ever. And it's I still go back to thinking like, where was Buckingham Palace when these reports of Megan um, you know. Yeah, when they everything were, came they to were light. not yeah, that they were not defending her at all. And yeah. so, you know, she's been the subject of countless and uncalled for attacks in the press. And I think that this either this is like Kensington Palace is now saying okay, we really need to put our foot down when it comes to these things. We've learned our lesson. Or it's like, oh, we have, we've prioritized who we want to defend. Mm-hmm. And Kensington Palace is the director. That is William and Kate's house. Like that's within. Yes. So it's like. That's it, their team. So it make, it's basically like saying the statement came from Kensington Palace is just like it came from William and Kate. So it's like it would have to have been. 
it's just it's it's interesting that it's their house. That's true because then it's like Buckingham is like the queen also. So when it yeah. says it comes from Buckingham, it's definitely coming from the queen's team as well. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, we obviously want we can't you know Roberta and I can only talk to each other on this, but we really would love to hear what you guys thought of the piece. So please email us. I feel like this is a great um great opportunity to talk more about it because there's just it's yeah I think it's a very there's a lot of different takes to be had and and we'll see what kind of unfolds. Yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think. Drop us a line. So before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we want to talk about our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So my low, um, there are a lot of reports of drones over Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's house. This is terrible. So the Daily Beast broke this story uh, last week, I believe, that the Sussexes have reported low-flying drones to the LAPD. The drones are only about 20 feet overhead, which is not high at all when you think about it. And they've been there when they're outside with baby Archie. This is awful because it's like, they just want to be with their child. Like, I just feel like this is such a breach of privacy. Um, They don't know who's flying them. They assume it's probably photographers, but they can't be sure of that assumption, a source told Entertainment Weekly. They also said it's really creepy that people could be taking photos. They feel like they're being invaded. It's especially scary when they're outside with Archie. It's so creepy and gross. I don't really like drones. I feel like I feel very conflicted about them, but like... (laughs) I feel like I've seen a couple while up here just like, and you don't know who they belong to. And you're just like this, what yeah, is going on? Black mirror, creepy. It's so creepy. And there's not, cause I've been Googling cause I've seen some up where I'm staying um, during COVID is like, I, there's not much legislation about them either, which is very scary. So I feel like, I mean, I cannot imagine 20 feet is so, so low. Yeah. It's like, a, I had to figure this out. So it's two sets of staircases, which is just when you think about like if you stand up and you're I mean I'm sure Harry's like almost six feet tall or over that like that's so close to them that's insane Mm -hmm. um so because of this or kind of you know in parallel to this they've hired an eight thousand six hundred dollar per day security team that has been reportedly used by Jeff Bezos Madonna and Tom Hanks um, and no, they are not getting help for paying for it by Prince Charles or the U.S. government or anyone else. Um, they are paying Gosh. for it themselves. So, Ugh, such yeah. a low. I totally, that's awful. Well, yeah. my low of the week involves Prince Andrew. So um, I want to first flash back to the um, Film BAFTA Awards in March. So this also made me laugh. Do you believe, can you believe that the, when, so remember when Brad Pitt, when Margot Robbie read Brad Pitt's speech at the BAFTA and he um, named his BAFTA Award for, um, oh my gosh, what was the movie? I'm blanking on it, but um, what, what, the Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, in which he named um, his BAFTA award for that Harry because, quote, he was really excited about bringing it back to the States with him. Um, that whole thing was in March of this year. I can't believe that was in March. That feels like decades ago. I know. It made it's me laugh. Um, actually wild. And it's only like, yeah, that was this year. So um, at the award ceremony, you'll cut to William and Kate, who good-naturedly smiled and laughed. Um, Prince William is happens to be president of the BAFTA award. So here's where my low comes in. 
The BAFTA TV Awards were just announced, and Prince Andrew's bombshell BBC Newsnight interview, the one where he talks about his ties to Jeffrey Epstein and the one that led him to resign from public royal duties, is up for the category of best news coverage. So my low isn't that it's nominated. It's that there's a chance that Prince William will have to again be the face of the family as the cameras cut to him in the audience when the nominees are called out. Oh my gosh. Do you think they'll even go? I feel like they might not even go. That's the caveat of my low, is that I don't think... A, the awards are in July. I don't think COVID is going to be solved by July. And Prince William has never attended the TV portion of these awards in the past. He's only gone to the film ones. Um, But either way, it's just awkward. Well, on a lighter note, my high of the week was that a wonderful profile of Sophie Countess of Wessex was um, published in the Sunday Times. And um, it was published last weekend. So we've mentioned Sophie a couple times on the podcast. She's been thrust into the spotlight more and more um, during these Zoom calls. She's been out volunteering and for her charitable work during the pandemic. So in this profile, she addresses her work. She said she's always been pretty busy. So it's like, hey, guys, I've always been here and you just didn't notice me, which I feel like that was kind of like, oh, does she have uh, her own Instagram? Maybe that's I mean, I feel like it's like our channel to the Royals is so much through Instagram lately that I don't know. But I I feel like we are hearing about her more than ever. Yeah, I need to look that up. Actually, I'm not sure. We'll look it up. (laughs) We're looking at it now. Okay, let's see. Um, Sophie. Oh, yeah, she does. Oh, fan account. No. I don't think she does. I mean, I feel like we would be following. Let's see. Let's see. No. I think she just, it's through the royal family. Like all the press I'm seeing, it's like she uses the royal family as a channel. So interesting. Um, But I do feel like we are hearing from her more than ever. Yeah. And I think like, you know, especially the, um, the Zoom call with Kate that uh, was for N- International Nurses Day. Um, she where yeah. she was interacting with Kate so. a lot. It seems like she's just you know being more vocal, being um, maybe just more in the spotlight. Uh, she's been the Queen's favorite for a while though. So even um, she's even getting asked. She was asked to ride in the monarch's car on the way to Christmas services at Sandringham. Um, And royal commentator Emily Nash said the queen is particularly fond of Sophie. So she, we may see even more of her now. Um, She also said she hopes Meghan and Harry will be happy. She said, we all try to help any new member of the family. So I think, um, you know, they did their best and Meghan and Harry... You know, there were a lot of other external factors probably going on, but that they did try to welcome them is what it sounds like. But she was very succinct on that, didn't go into detail. Um, And the last picture that we actually have of Sophie and Meghan together is kind of recent. It's them sitting together at Commonwealth Day this year. And so they're sitting like right next to each other, the two couples. And I thought that was sweet because I think she was probably a good resource for Meghan to lean on. Um, And that a lot of sources say they were close during their time. In Megan's in Megan and Harry's time in the UK, yeah, I think it's just also nice to get to know like more of the royals. Like I think we we look at everything so much through the lens of like William and um, Harry and Kate and Megan. It's like okay, let's like branch out a little. I like Sophie kind of becoming more of a player in the in all of this. Totally same. I like getting to know them. Yeah. Um, My high of the week is actually um, the fact that, you know, the Hold Still um, photo campaign that Kate launched, um, she is actually leaving comments on photo submissions. So she really is in the weeds on this. She's like, 
you know, going through vetting the photos. Um, and I actually first heard that she was doing this via the Royally Obsessed Facebook group. So shout out to you guys for always being the ultimate sleuths when it comes to scouting royal news. Um, but she is, when she comments, you know it's from her because she leaves a little C, a capital C, um, in the comments of the people that are submitting and using the hashtag. Um, a perfect, she, some of the quotes that she has left or comments is a perfect example of hold still, the chance to re engage and value the simple things around us, C. Or another example. Thank you for thank you so much for taking part in the Hold Still project. I get so much joy from being outside and gardening too. See, I just like that it's not oh my even a form response. Like she's actually really engaging with these pictures and really kind of um, just making such an effort behind it. So I don't know what I would do if I got a notification that said like comment from because it's from the Kensington Royal yeah Instagram and it said see I would be like. <gasps> I know. And telling us that she's, she loves being outside and gardening. Like anything that I can see their personal lives, it's like, oh my God. I know. I know. I so I think that's that's really kind of exciting and cool. But it does, it does to me seem like they're taking a leaf out of um, Megan and Harry's book with social media. Like M was a lot of times. Yeah. Sign off M. Um, I know William's done this too before where he's signed off like W or something. And I think that that's like, it, it's definitely... Um, you know, a new kind of, I think we'll be seeing a lot more, and I've said this before, like more personal personality coming through on their social media. But my high is also picturing Kate kind of like, does someone put time in her diary where she's just scrolling through Instagram and finding or going through the hashtag? Like, I love thinking of her just kind of like, oh, let me like watch the kids, William. Like, I got to go and take care and make some comments here. So it's like, leave <laughs> comments 11 to 2. 11 to 2. <laughs> Sign off. See. We're getting closer to that launch. I can't wait to see the final, final uh, the award The winners. final pick. Yeah, the final Good picks. luck to Chris Jackson. Yeah. Who submitted his photo. Yeah. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here is a real review from Ellie Stark. So I don't have an iPhone and I'm using my husband's iPhone to leave this review. Recently, I found this podcast a few months ago. I love it. Glad to know there are others who love the Royals as much as me. Thank you, Ellie, for making every, taking every step to get this review up. I love it. I love that you, you borrowed your husband's phone. That is commitment. That's dedication right there. Reminder to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can also drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Bowie and Robbie. It's confusing. Robbie, <laughs> Roberta. <laughs> I know. I'll have to make this clear, more clear next By time. By the way, can you hear my son drumming in the background? Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> time to go. All right. Till next week. <laughs> God, God save, save the pod. The pod. <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.